0: back Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at Buffalo com, and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, the podcast you're listening to right now. The Buffalo Bills have been eliminated from the playoffs here in January of 2020. Uh, it was kind of a, an ugly game. Uh, the Bills made a lot of mistakes. Uh, they had some amazing plays. They got some luck. They were very unlucky. Lots of stuff happened over the course of this game and over the course of the season. And we have lots of your questions to get to in today's episode and all off season. So, with the off season approaching, remember, you can call us at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlings Q and a That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can leave us emails at Rumlings at SBNation.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can Facebook message us, Instagram message us. You can leave questions in the comments section of our show notes at buffalorumlings.com. Let's get to it i actually watched this game abnormally i wasn't at home like i normally am during the bills games i was uh out and about in uh the city of rochester doing some family stuff uh we got done with that around 4:45, uh so i I walked out of that event to John Brown's touchdown pass to Josh Allen, just one drive too late uh, for the uh, the kickoff of the game, and then I streamed a good chunk of the first half on my phone at the restaurant where we were having dinner, and then I had to listen to part of the game on my way home and catch up later. And um, it was just kind of all disjunct for me. So I wasn't the one covering the game for buffalorumblings.com. Dan LaVoy and Sean Murphy did those pieces. So I don't have my normal five takeaways from the game, but I certainly have five takeaways from the game. The first thing I have to say is that the Bills just need to score more touchdowns. The offense wasn't good enough to get it done against the Houston Texans really the entire season. Um, I I did some research uh, after I got a text from a friend, and the last four Buffalo Bills playoff touchdown passes were thrown by John Brown in 2020. You have to go all the way back to Doug Flutie in 1998 season. That was January of 1999 when he threw uh, a touchdown pass before that. Jim Kelly was the one before before that, and Alex Van Pelt was right before that. So that goes all the way back to the last time the Bills actually won a playoff game back in 1995. So it's been a, an interesting time for Bills' playoff touchdowns. Um, the last Buffalo Bills touchdown run was Antoine Smith way back in uh, January of 2000. That was the Music City Miracle Game, if you want to call it that. Um, so the last touchdown scored in a Buffalo Bills playoff win was Tim Tyndale back in 1995. So they need to score more touchdowns. They didn't have enough touchdowns to get the job done against the Houston Texans, especially against a defense that was as middle of the road as Houston's was. They really just needed to to do that. And part of that is that they went away from the run so much. Josh Allen throwing the ball 46 times is is not what I want to see in a game plan. They weren't behind by that much for most of the game. I mean, they were ahead for most of the game. So I think it was, what, four minutes left, just over four minutes left when the Texans took the lead. There's no reason Josh Allen needs to throw it 46 times. And especially in overtime, when the next score wins the game, they completely went away from Devin Singletary, at least in the running game. Um, Singletary finished the day with only 13 carries. Uh, Josh Allen had nine carries, and Frank Gore had eight. So you're looking at 30 carries from the running back and 40 seven pass attempts including John Brown's passing attempt that's not a way that this team is built to win at least right now and it just felt like they were struggling they were uh, pushing it pressing it too much and I mean one of the nice ways to to fix that is to hand the ball off to Devin Singletary especially when you have the lead so that was my first takeaway uh, from the game the second takeaway is that the defense really was a tale of two halves They, they played really well in the first half And then the second half and overtime, they just allowed a couple little missteps to get in their way. You know, allowing uh, a third and 18 conversion is unacceptable. Both, uh, it was Tremaine Edmonds, and I can't remember who the safety was, were both there to make the tackle after 16 yards. But instead of stopping the ball runner, uh, he was able to to get the extra two yards to convert that third and 18. Um, and that's not even to talk about the Saran Neal, and Matt Milano sandwich of Deshaun Watson, where neither of them were able to bring him down for the sack in overtime. So it was just you know a couple plays here and there that really screwed the Bills over uh, on defense. Speaking of screwing the Bills over, the rest did that on the opening kickoff for the second half. Um, that should have been called an illegal forward pass. He never gave himself up. He caught the ball. The the Houston Texans returner started walking out of the end zone, uh, again, not giving himself up, and then he threw the ball forward at the ref. That's not giving yourself up. That's not taking a knee. That's not waving fair catch. That's not letting the ball hit in the end zone. So I don't know where he ever gave himself up. He was advancing the ball and it should have been called an illegal forward pass. Play ends as soon as the ball hits the ground on an illegal forward pass. Um, The the Texans uh, are are charged a safety, two points for the Bills, and the Texans have to kick off to the Bills on a free kick. Uh, Everyone's talking about the players from both teams running out on the field. Once the ball hits the ground, the play's over. And that was before the players from both teams were running out onto the field. So I really have no problem You know, it was not a touchdown. Folks are saying, complaining that it should have been a fumble return touchdown. It should not have been a touchdown, but it it should have been an illegal forward pass, and the Bills should have had the ball plus two points. And in a game that goes to overtime, that's obviously a big deal. It it wasn't what cost the Bills the game. I mean, I, I started with those other two things for a reason, but it was certainly a big event in the game. My fourth takeaway was to give some major props to Stephen Hauschka. Uh, The dude was 4-for-4 in the game, including a a 47-yarder as his long. Plus, he had an extra point that was good as well. He has been clutch since he had that little misstep during the season where he was really struggling, and he's really come back strong. Uh, There were some times where I thought the Bills might actually move on from him this offseason, but the way he's finished the year uh, in the end of the regular season and of course in this postseason game I'd find that really hard to believe I mean the dude scored 13 points of the Bills 19 points in this game so that was really remarkable and you want to give him a lot of credit finally I know I I ragged on the defense a little bit earlier but they were able to generate such a great pass rush against the Houston Texans offense and offensive line Jerry Hughes had three sacks on the day Tremaine Edmonds had a sack Trent Murphy had two sacks, Saran Neal had a sack, should have been two sacks, Saran. But the Bills were able to generate such a great pass rush and really confound and honestly just pound Deshaun Watson all game. And it didn't really matter in the end because Watson was still able to make enough big plays to, to win the game. But... The fact that they were harassing him for so long was really key for the first half of the game and really big chunks of the game. They um, they were able to bring him down several times, obviously not when it counted most on say a two point conversion attempt or you know, some of those big moments uh, in overtime in the end of the fourth quarter. But it was still a great defensive effort from the, the front seven plus Saran Neal uh, on the pass rush side. Jerry Hughes just had a monster, monster game and um, and shows why the Bills gave him a contract extension last offseason and have no plans for moving on from him this offseason. Those are my five takeaways from the game. Now let's get to your questions. The question I'm getting a lot since the Bills game was, was this season really a success? Do people consider this season successful? Um, I, I walked into the season saying that if Josh Allen shows improvement and the Bills show that they can sustain the success, then the season was an improvement. And Josh Allen did show improvement. Um, The Bills showed that they had, you know, the ability to sustain the success. They had a great draft class. So with lots of contributors there, they've got $90 million in cap space heading into this offseason, plus a full complement of draft picks. They have the ability to plug every hole that they have and reshape this roster again this offseason to take even the next step next year and I think that was the plan all along was 2020 to be the year that they kind of really came on the scene Um, 2019 it was it was nice that they were able to make the playoffs this year but I don't think anybody expected second year Josh Allen to to be good enough and consistent enough to make a deep playoff run Uh, especially when you look around the rest of the division so let's Well, let's quickly look at the 2020 schedule. The Bills are playing the the NFC West and the AFC West. So they're playing a lot of solid teams, especially in the NFC West, one of the toughest divisions in football, if not the toughest division in football. They're gonna have long road trips. They're gonna have games against really tough opponents, but everybody else in the AFC East is gonna have the same thing. Tom Brady is not under contract with the New England Patriots for 2020. Their offense was terrible this year. Who knows what's going to happen with Josh McDaniels and the rest of their staff. Their special teams coaches is interviewing. Josh McDaniels is interviewing for head coaching jobs. So that whole thing could kind of go up in smoke. I know we've said it before, but, I mean, Tom Brady is not under contract right now for the 2020 season. So it really could be the turning point in the New England Patriots dynasty. This is the year. 2020 is the year that the Bills... Have circled as the year that they can make the jump to division champs and finally uh, unseat the Patriots at the top of the AFC East. And I think you have to look at it, if, especially with how difficult the schedule is going to be. They're not going to be running away with it like they were this year and clinching a, playoff, a wild card spot in Week 15 of the season. They're not going to be able to do that. They're going to have to be playing for the division title probably. It's unlikely that a wild card team is going to come out of the AFC East next year based on that difficult schedule. So the Bills have games against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Seattle Seahawks, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, the Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers, even the Oakland Raiders, all teams that were really right in the thick of the playoff race this year. And the Denver Broncos, who looked really good coming down the stretch as well. So they're going to have a much difficult, more difficult schedule, but the AFC East is going to be playing all those NFC West teams as well. So everybody's going to be having to play all of those difficult games. So... it. If the Bills are going to make the postseason in 2020 again for the third time in four seasons under Sean McDermott, it might have to be as the division champ, and that'll be really exciting. Back to the original question, was 2019 a success for the Bills? I think it definitely was for what their plan is, and that's to hit the ground running in 2020. They've got a lot of cap space and a lot of draft capital to make it happen, and now they've got to have a third-year quarterback doing it. The table has been set, and now they have experience in the playoffs that they can build on next year. We'll be right back after this break, so don't go anywhere. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. Was the moment too big for Josh Allen in the playoff game against the Houston Texans? He was referencing the lateral and missing some pretty easy throws. I don't think the moment was too big for him. Um, I think he's just an inconsistent quarterback. And we saw that in games that were a lot less important. We saw that in games that were really important. We saw him play cool, calm, and collected on Thanksgiving. We saw him play a little bit scattered in you know smaller stakes games like against the Philadelphia Eagles or or other games this year so I don't necessarily think that the moment was too big for him I think he just made some bad decisions and we've seen him be off target on some of those easy throws all year so the other side of the coin is that first time quarterbacks in the playoffs just haven't been very good traditionally and especially in the last 10-15 years so it was good for him to get this experience this year because if the bills are going to do anything in 2020 they won't have a first-time quarterback under center anymore they'll have somebody with experience so if it was too big for him then it shouldn't be next time thanks for your question on twitter at rumblings q a and that's with the word and spelled out in the middle We've got an email in from Caitlin to buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Caitlin asks us, I've noticed that the Bills' injury list has been shorter and less significant than many of their opponents this year. What do you think the Bills' training staff is doing differently that's making the difference? Is the new Ad Pro training facility making this big of an impact? I think it's certainly making some of the impact. There's a lot of preventative stuff that's built into that brand new training facility that the Bills built. Uh, there's, you know, the the yoga studio and the, you know, the cryo chambers and, and the heat stuff and, and all that is right in the facility. So I think that is part of what's helping Uh, but if you remember back to say training camp in the beginning of the season there were a lot of major injury concerns that we had coming into the 2019 season feels like you know forever ago that we were worried about mitch morris and cole beasley and a whole bunch of these other guys but i i mean maybe it's it's playing some role i don't think they're necessarily doing anything significantly different they did lose their backup right tackle for the entire season with a quadriceps injury early on um They they lost other players. Uh, Sonoris Perry was out for a while. Um, they've, they've, They've had players that were injured that they either released or placed on IR. But for the most part, they were able to stay pretty darn healthy. It's a testament to the work ethic of the guys. It's a testament to the fact that they're always playing full speed and not like standing around, walking around where they're more susceptible to injury. But it also probably has something to do with that new training facility. Thanks for your question at buffalo rumlings at sbnation.com on our email line. Let's head back to Twitter where Army Mafia 17 asks us Is there any hope for Cody Ford at tackle? Well, I'm one of the people that has always thought he was going to be better at guard. I wanted him at guard really from the beginning, Um, but the way John Feliciano played, I didn't really know where he would actually fit. Quentin Spain uh, had a nice season at left guard for the Bills, but he's probably going to be looking for a longer term contract with better money than I'm willing to give him. So Quentin Spain is leaving a hole at left guard. That could mean John Feliciano moves over to left guard. Cody Ford goes to right guard. And you keep his learning curve low going into his second offseason. And uh, Ty Inseki at right tackle. But Inseki is 34 years old. He has never played or he's never started 16 games in an entire season. In fact, he's only started five games uh, as his max this year. Cody Ford started the majority of the games for the Bills at right tackle. He played in 10 games this year, 14 last year, 11 the year before that. So do you want to count on him as you know, the right tackle of this team on a deep playoff run? I, I would love to see them, if they're going to move Cody Ford to right guard or left guard in general, I'd love to see them go out and draft a tackle in, uh, you know, the first, second, third round. I mean, maybe not a right tackle in the first round. They have other bigger needs, in my opinion, but spend a significant asset on a tackle that even if you bring back Ty Inseki and put him at right tackle, you have, say, a third-round right tackle or a fourth-round right tackle that might be able to learn from Inseki and go in if Inseki goes down with an injury or um, can take over for Inseki after the 2020 season or or something like that. Uh, So, Adrian Waddle's a free agent. They don't have him coming back right now. Uh, If you just have Ty Inseki as your right tackle, they're going to need to add one or two tackles anyway uh, they have Ryan Bates under contract, but that's it. So uh, that's not a plan either. Ryan Bates is not a plan. So they're gonna, if they do move Cody Ford to guard, which I think they should do, they're gonna need to address the right tackle position at some point, probably with a pretty nice asset, either uh, a free agent signing or two, uh, and or a draft pick. Thanks for your question over at Rumblings Q and A on Twitter. Before we get to our next question, I wanted to point you guys over to buffalo rumlings.com. On the homepage of buffalo rumlings.com, we have a 2019 season survey where we are asking for your input, what you want to see out of Buffalo Rumblings on a day in, day out basis. Um, both in the offseason and during the season. If you're looking for more profiles of, of Bills fans and tailgating or if you're looking for more opinion pieces or analysis or whatever it happens to be, there's a, a nice in-depth survey over at buffalorumblings.com that I would really like it for you to take. We have changed our coverage over the years based on that survey, and I'd really like your feedback if you could go over there and take that quick little Google form. I think it's only like six or seven questions. Shouldn't take you more than three or four minutes. It wouldn't be a Buffalo Rumblings Q&A show without a question about Duke Williams. Ian Carmody asks us, Allen seemed to target Duke Williams a fair amount against the Texans. Was this part of the game plan, or was Allen able to see him better because he's a larger target? And will the Bills target a larger receiver in the 2020 draft? Well, I do think the Bills are going to make adding a wide receiver a priority, and the draft is very deep at wide receiver, so I anticipate them spending at least one pick on a wide receiver to bolster their depth and their youth at the position. They don't really have anybody that's young um, other than my Isaiah McKenzie and Robert Foster. They don't have like that top-level guy. John Brown and Cole Beasley are both 30 years old or older, and so they need to add kind of that next-level talent. Um, even if a lot of people are going to be talking about, Samari Cooper or other free agent wide receivers, but I think that they should draft that wide receiver to, to take the next step over the next two years. So I do think they'll target a little bit of a larger receiver, but it's not that simple. They're going to have to work with Josh Allen on throwing contested balls as well. He threw a couple of them up in the last few weeks. Um, So he's showing that he's growing in that regard, but uh, they'll need to get somebody that can get some separation because he hasn't really thrown contested balls very much in his career. Uh, I do think they're going to target that big receiver. Uh, Thanks for your question, Ian, at Q and a on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) and drink 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 going to do it for this week's episode i wanted to once again encourage you to go to buffalo and take that fan survey for our coverage uh, of the 2019 regular season and help us improve for the 2020 regular season uh, as always you can call and leave voicemails for this show at 716-508-0405 we've got a lot of off-season talk starting at buffalo now and you can of course ask us here as well for that information Tweet us at Rumblings q That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us Facebook messages, Instagram messages, email us rumlings at sbnation.com. There are a ton of ways to get a hold of us as we enter this offseason. Go Bills.